0: KDAL's Master Gardener, Bob Olin. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to a snowy Tuesday. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing real well. I hope the Thanksgiving uh, holiday treated you very, very well. We definitely are making a transition to winter here, are we not, Dave?
0: <laughs> that seems to be the case, as uh, this light snow apparently will continue right on through the rest of the day. So we could see yeah. maybe an inch, maybe three around here, but a lot more in northern Wisconsin where they're going to get... Uh, Socked with seven to eleven inches in many spots.
1: <laughs> Little early, I think they're used to that. And I know oh yeah, we got a li- lot of listeners over there. You know that is great. Uh, great for the gardening season. Right. Get this snow on early, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It's it's like you know you got this law of diminishing returns. It's that first inch or two of snow that provides the greatest R value, and then it kind of diminishes as we add snow above that. But hmm. uh, I'm not too disappointed actually getting this right now before we get the real severe. Uh, sub-zero temperatures, which we all know are coming, but at this particular point, getting some snow on the ground, uh, we got a little frost in there yet, but uh, not a whole lot, so some of this will probably soak in. Certainly, it's going to soak in next next spring as things begin to melt. So, frankly, I'd rather have the snow before the extreme cold temperatures mm-hmm. than the other way around. Sometimes we'll get an open winter where we have extreme cold with a lot of penetration, and we'll get all the snow in March or something like that mm-hmm. when it doesn't provide much insulating value that's when we see a tremendous amount of winter damage in a lot of our perennial material. So it's all good, Dave, at this point.
0: All right. Uh, It's tricky driving, though, so be careful on the roads. I was going to say, it's all good, but be very careful (laughs) out there. And uh,
1: walking on the sidewalks, too. Ah, True, yeah. Yeah, we've got a big medical community here, but I think they've got plenty of business. Thank you. So let's all be a little careful out there.
0: All right, sounds good. Now it's getting closer to Christmas. Thanksgiving is over, a lot of folks putting up trees, and buying the poinsettias, and I don't know, Holly, what else you get during Christmas?
1: Well, there are so many things, and I'm sure glad you mentioned it, because, uh, you know, one of my favorite gifts, we talk a little bit about gifting. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a a list of things. I've got gardeners on my list, too, it seems like, and you should be aware that it it is the number one hobby in the United States, and uh, a lot of people, after the pandemic era, uh, discovered it, rediscovered it, so we've got an awful lot of uh, different activities related to gardening that opens up a just a, a, a large number of potential gifts. Maybe if we could talk a little, well, let's talk about Christmas trees. Should we first, since you opened it oh, okay. up a little bit there? <laughs> you know, uh, we are very fortunate in Minnesota, Northwestern Wisconsin. We've got so many native trees here, right. uh, just a great variety, a lot of production, uh, commercial tree production, farming. On a large scale, a lot of that's actually concentrated in in your home state there in uh, central Wisconsin. A lot of those trees get get shipped around. Now you got to remember, most of these trees are eight to fifteen years old. Uh, they were planted that long ago. They had to be protected from critters and rabbits early in their life, and then from about the fourth fifth year on up, they have to be pruned every summer. So there's a uh, there's an extensive amount of labor and time that goes into the production of a live christmas tree and you know my feeling about that i love the live ones uh we have enough plastic in the world so if if i have an option certainly with the many many options we have in this area i I certainly love and prefer uh, a live tree uh one of my favorite indoor house plants although they uh you know we make them last as long as we can Dave. uh, And they will provide two to three months of real beauty for you if you want to let them go that long, Dave.
0: Now, they're they're pretty common around here, but obviously not so much in other parts of the country. So I imagine the trees that are grown here end up getting shipped all around the country.
1: Yeah, they really do. Now, it's kind of interesting. Uh, You know, they're evergreen and... uh, A lot of the area, we've got some uh, nice evergreen production in Appalachia, down in the mountain region there, and uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, there's good production there. Matter of fact, that's the home of the Fraser fir, which got a great deal of notoriety, and it it is a beautiful tree. Um, It is a fir. We've got a close cousin, the balsam here, but the balsam doesn't quite have needles that are quite as long, quite as colorful as the Fraser does. Now, we've got some local growers uh, that have got some crosses where they've crossed our native balsam with the Fraser fir. Again, the Fraser is uh, not native to this area, but some of the new hybrids certainly are, so those are very, very attractive. Uh, they all prune up real nicely. I think uh, the Fraser's got kind of a nice, uh, almost a majestic glow to it. Uh, it's got a little bit, instead of just, uh, it's more multicolored, some of the needles are, and needles tend to stay on a little bit longer. But short-needle trees is where a lot of the interest is right now, and that will vary a little bit. Uh, there was a time when everyone wanted the long-needle trees. and In Minnesota, our native tree is the, uh, our state tree is the Norway pine or red pine. It's got two long needles in a, in what we call a bundle or a fascicle. And uh, this was all a rage uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Now they've kind of diminished a little bit. We still have a lot of folks that like... Uh, the white pine, which has got five needles in a bundle, and, of course, uh, we've got some white pine, uh, some of the old heritage trees in our area that are 150, 200 years old, and, and they're absolutely magnificent. So certainly the white pine are a favorite in uh, northeastern Minnesota, northwestern Wisconsin, they, and their range does go down uh, to the Hinkley area about maybe a few a little bit farther south. But nonetheless, the white pine is beautiful, beautiful pine. The needles are very, very soft, and they're about two in. It two to three inches in length, and those are still quite popular. They shear up quite nicely. But we've gone from the long needle trend to the medium to short needle trend right now. So right now it's going to be the balsams and the and the frasers or fraser crosses and then some of the white pines as well, Dave.
0: Do uh, some of those trees hang onto their needles longer than others? Well, you know... Assuming they're uh, all it, taken care of the same way.
1: Yeah, if we take care of them, it you bring up a very good point it's the way we take care of them that's significant mm. now the real short needle varieties if that tree dries down and the balsam's one of those it has this reputation where it drops needles like crazy in a hot warm uh living room of someone's house but uh, the key there again is get a fresh tree to begin with as fresh as you can so right. if you buy local i think uh, that's really important or if you're going to cut your own we've got Again, so many options. You know, somebody owns that tree, so uh, if it comes from private land, you better talk with the, the landowner. <laughs> uh, you could check certainly with the U.S. Forest Service, and they do grant permits in the national forest, not on county forest, but national forest, and you need a permit for that. But nonetheless, uh, there are some options that we have that people don't have in other parts of the United States. But get a good fresh tree; is fresher the better. And then when you get that home, as we've mentioned before, the Mm -hmm. the most critical thing you can do is cut that bottom end, the butt end of the tree, off so you have nice, uh, a good, open, exposed vascular tissue. It doesn't necessarily have to be cut at a slant. Sometimes if you cut it a little bit of a slant, you get a little more exposure to some of these vessels. And then uh, what I like to do is I like to uh, stick it in a 5-gallon pail, uh, maybe in an area in the porch or garage where it isn't freezing and just let it pull up as much moisture as it possibly can. And maybe that's a 24 hour period. Just let it drink before you put it in the stand. You put it in the stand and, uh, you gotta make sure you keep that water stand filled. Because if that water stand dries out, then these vessels at the end close off again. Wow. And then you almost have to, if you really want to uh, improve the longevity of that tree, you got to take it out of the stand. you got to cut the bottom end off and let it drink up a little bit more water. So water is the key. Fresh fresh tree, plenty of fresh water. Like I say, I like to, if you got the time, give it a drink before you put it in its final location. And then you can forget about all the additives. And I just saw some advertised recently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that you're going to add uh, yeah. to that. Uh, so things like uh, carol syrup, butter, uh, bubble-up, I've heard, or seven-up, <laughs> some of the carbonated drinks, yeah. aspirin in the water, Ooh. sugar in the water. Uh, you mentioned carol syrup. Some of these things are actually a detriment to anything that will clog up those tissues. So, uh, And I've seen there's actually research that's been done on this and, uh warm or, or room-temperature water, mm-hmm. and as much as that tree can pick up, is what's absolutely essential, Dave.
0: Yeah, don't add the beer. Use that for your own uh,
1: for your own enjoyment. Well, enjoyment, yeah. yeah, the, the tree the tree's going to bring you plenty <laughs> of enjoyment, but the beer might as well, Dave. But i right. on not understand.
0: And make sure you measure the tree before you get it in the house, because I noticed uh, out in the wild the trees don't seem quite as tall as they are when you get them in the house to find out that oh wait a minute my ceiling's not that tall.
1: That's very true. It's not a bad idea. And uh, you can always trim that up a little bit, but sometimes we take them a little too big. Same thing if yeah. you're in the woods or if you're buying them from a, a local vendor. You don't want anything that's certainly too too large. Most people have under eight-foot ceilings now, so we got to mm, be a little careful true. that way for sure.
0: All right, we'll talk more uh, Christmas things here on the Bob Olin Show. Uh, right now, we'll take a break and be right back. And we're back to Bob Olin Show talking Christmas stuff here today uh, as we're wrapping up the month of November already. Besides the trees, you got the uh, boughs that I guess you can make wreaths out of. Can't really water those. Uh, are those going to last through the through the Christmas season? Yeah,
1: most of those, of course. If we want them long term, we want mm-hmm. them outside. Oh, yeah. So it's the it's the hot, dry conditions that really ah. uh, accelerate the deterioration of, of the boughs. We do want to mention this. So you bring them inside, and you certainly um, you want to delay it, bring them in fresh and a little closer to Christmas. And, uh, of course, uh, we're well aware of this. We've been cautioned over the years, but let's be real careful. Candles, open flames, uh, we always have fires around the holiday season. We really don't want that. So think a little bit about that. The wiring, of course, make sure that's good on your on your trees a lot of this uh, stuff that comes in that's inexpensive um, it may not be the highest quality some of the wiring so we got to be a little careful there so any ignition point uh... fireplaces candles anything like that we want to be cautious of particularly as some of this uh... green material begins to dry down but certainly take it fresh you can bring it in and enjoy it uh... or leave it outside uh... nothing as nice as a beautiful swag and it coming into your uh, uh, very inviting into your main doorway, into the home. Outside, they certainly will last uh, well into the next year or the new year for you, Dave. All right. So lots of good trees. We've got lots of good options. Let's not forget about the Duluth Farmer's Market. And mm-hmm. there we got the family that's uh, locally growing trees. They cut them fresh. Uh, they're open uh, from 11 to 7, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekend, certainly, I believe, from about 9 to 6. So they have got uh, you got a lot of options. We're very, very fortunate in this area. Told the story I had a friend that worked on the Lakers and a very generous man. His permanent residency was in Florida, where he headed. He came in and asked me. He wanted to buy a few Christmas trees. I said, about how many? And he says, well, oh, how many can you get in a semi-load? Oh, wow. And what he would, <laughs> yeah, what he would actually do is uh, he would uh, buy a semi-load of trees, ship them all the way down to Florida, And then he gave them away to families in need in that community. And I thought, man, that that was not inexpensive. And it was a very, very nice gift. And he said, you cannot imagine what people in Florida, which are not, they've got their pines, the southern white pine and Mm -hmm. so forth, but they don't have these beautiful sheared trees. And uh, I'm sure he was a a real hero in the community in which he actually lived. But I thought, very nice, uh, generous thing to do during the holiday season. But he said, you cannot believe He's the one that really brought this to my attention you know you you don't know how fortunate you really are to have so many different species and so many uh different ways that you can procure or obtain a fresh tree for your family so real nice thing uh and we do have uh, many many local options cut your own options uh uh purchasing options various places and of course uh, locally there at the Duluth Farmers Market, uh Fourteenth Avenue, East and
0: Third Street. You haven't noticed a shortage of trees this year, have you? Or they got a good uh, supply?
1: Yeah, well it's early. There's yeah. been some national attention about that. But mm-hmm. right now there's a very good supply. But obviously right. if you want a particular species, size, uh freshness, of course, uh you will want to shop early there. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that because uh you know, you really can't plant. It's kind of interesting. Uh, these trees, they have to put their production goals out. You know, uh, eight, nine, ten years, fifteen years in advance, mm-hmm. and uh, no one could really predict the pandemic. And a lot of people are going back to the more natural trees. It's kind of interesting. We're we're going back to some of the old ways. We're doing a lot of gardening. We're doing food preservation. Mm-hmm. We're we're sourcing uh, trees at home, and we're spending. More time. some people still working uh, remotely, and uh, hence they're they're decorating their homes uh, more so than they were prior to the pandemic. So things have changed a little bit, and I would anticipate that there certainly will not be an abundance or a surplus of uh, uh, native naturally grown trees this year. And
0: the early bird gets the worm, or in this case, the best-looking tree.
1: Well, they can. If you're yeah. really fussy, you definitely want to shop early. But uh, again, uh, if you're shopping early, don't necessarily have to bring it to the house. Remember, it's right. that uh, those hot, dry conditions that really uh, accelerate the uh, you know the, the drying out process mm-hmm. in the trees. So you want to be careful. You can shop early. You can leave it in the garage or someplace it's cool. Bring it in, but make sure you get that fresh cut. Make sure it gets all the water it needs, and uh, you'll have a beautiful tree. Uh, through the holiday yep. season. And, you know, I take a lot of people, day after Christmas, it's down. But, boy, I, <laughs> I think you got to at least leave them up through yeah. New Year's. And then some people a little bit longer than that.
0: Well, yeah, I suppose uh, if, if they're hanging out, you might as well keep it up as long as possible before they dry out.
1: Well, it. a beautiful sheared tree, I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, there there there's a lot of labor that goes into those a lot of time, and they're not going to be inexpensive. So you want to get as much value out of it as you can, which means uh, – Enjoying it for as long as you can.
0: And keep the candles away from the tree. It's hard to believe, but my grandparents actually had l- lit candles in the tree. And I you know, don't know uh, how many, <laughs> how they survived yeah, that, Christmases long ago, I can't quite figure out.
1: No, you you know, your grandparents <laughs> go back a little farther. I think on the farm we always had a tree, but... Uh, <laughs> They were careful about the candles. Yeah, I would light. hope so.
0: You'd learn quickly about that, that it's not a good uh, thing. But I suppose before electricity, you didn't have many options.
1: There not many options. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. We've got people off the grid. And I do know people off the grid that are using kerosene for lighting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to believe, but you got to be a little bit uh, careful. Now, folks off the grid have got solar cells and other yeah. things. But we still have a few folks that are out there. Uh, uh, lighting with with kerosene. Any, anytime there's an open flame, we're going to be careful, of course.
0: Well, that was before my time, thank goodness. When I when I arrived, they were into electricity and they had the little bubble lights, which I always thought was kind of cute.
1: Yeah, they are fun. And then, of course, now we've gone to the people are environmentally conscious. No. We've gone to the LED lights, which don't take <laughs> much electricity at all. So we're making a lot of progress that way. So you don't have to be guilty about uh, that tree if you got some nice LED lights on there that consume very little electricity.
0: All right, well, poinsettias are in the stores, I see, and there are such a variety of colors, but uh, there's only a few that are actually naturally grown colors. A lot of them are painted or something. That can't be good for the plant, you wouldn't think.
1: No, and uh, I don't know, it's maybe our technicolor age, if I can use that (laughs) term, but uh, the natural poinsettias originally were all uh, red okay and of course they came from southern california they came from mexico and if anyone's been out there and seen them growing in their natural habitat they're kind of big scraggly shrubs <laughs> really yeah. and uh perennial and of course they don't freeze back in, in that environment but um you know we've now got them and they're all for the most part greenhouse grown now yeah. and uh we did one of the real innovations the etke family out in uh encinitas california i believe just outside of los angeles uh they were really responsible for turning that uh shrub into a uh, a potted plant that could be shipped throughout the country so there's one family a german family they were heading to the south pacific as i remember uh, germany can be very cold sometimes in the winter months i visited there once and it was very cold damp, <laughs> yep. and uh they were looking for someplace warmer, and their flight took them uh, through the Los Angeles area, and they decided maybe this is warm enough, so they stopped there, and, and they were uh, greenhouse growers, and they came up with the idea of, let's let's figure out how to uh, take these shrubs and shrink them down in size and get them to grow as cuttings in a uh, potted plant, and then uh, there was two, three, four generations, I believe, of etkies out there, and uh, then when... Suddenly, uh, television emerged. One of the sons started promoting around some of the TV programs, and all of a sudden, a poinsettia. So poinsettia doesn't really go back as a Christmas gift like yeah. the Christmas tree does. The tree itself goes back for centuries. But the poinsettia is a relatively uh, new holiday plant. And you're right, Dave, there are so many varieties. But if we take a look at what's going to be natural, the natural is going to be red or variations, and there's right. all kinds of variations out there. It's going to be white. Or some variation of, of red and white uh, is what the natural colors are going to be. Mm-hmm. The, the super fluorescence, and we see, and I don't know why we have to have it. but yeah. we see these.
0: With glitter added, too, for the. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah it kind of takes away in my opinion it <laughs> takes away some of the beauty from the natural plants but yeah they'll All they'll right. put glitter on there they'll spray paint them so anything that looks artificial even though it may not be um <laughs> uh, is, is artificial to some extent so stay the uh the pinks and the whites or some variation and there we talk about variation what the breeders have done they the uh the plants have become so successful as a holiday plant that there's been a lot of work done. So there's a great deal of uh, variation, and uh, the the uh, plants they've, they've bred them to be double. We call doubles where mm-hmm. you've got tremendous amount of uh, leaf petal. These are actually modified leaves. These are bracts that we're looking at. The flower itself is that little yellow button on the on the tip of the leaves, God. but these are modified bracts. But the breeders have done a very nice job of giving you uh, all speckled plants, many are speckled, many are striped, striated, so there's a tremendous amount of variability in leaf form, structure, color state-of-the-native materials and you know the other thing where there's a great deal of variability is in price points Mm. and I kind of I'm kind of in favor everyone should be able to access some of these things so you can find uh, points that is that are going to be very inexpensive for you and you can find uh, multi-stem plants that are going to be considerably more uh, much fuller uh, some of these variations and so forth the extra effort that went into growing those out so you've got your choice and everyone can access these, and I like to give a lot of them away. Quite honestly, people love holiday plants. I've never had anyone that was disappointed if you brought a holiday plant to them, whether it be a poinsettia, an amaryllis, a Christmas cactus, even the Thanksgiving cacti. Uh, these, are, uh, these don't interfere with anyone's holiday diets or their plans. Everyone can enjoy <laughs> these, these types of gifts. I will mention this, though. You have to be extremely careful. If you're going to give a living gift of any type, you're buying it from a store, whether it be a greenhouse or a big box store, someplace. Uh, make sure you pull uh, poly plastic over the top. Don't walk out to the car assuming, well, it's only 30 degrees. I'm not oh. going to do a lot of damage. Um, you could do damage very easily to these plants. So make sure they're protected. And good uh, good retailers will have. Uh, bags for you or protective sleeves for you, and if they don't provide them, ask for them, so that we get that to their final destination. Be a little careful again. If you got it in a clear poly a southern window, it can get very hot in there, so be a little careful about that poly wrap. That's where it's going to be shaded or going to be outside uh, for protection. Take it off if you're going to bring it in yourself. Take it off. Don't put it in the hot sunny sun. And if you're going to give it away, two three days from now or lo- longer, uh, you can find a nice location on the north side. Get that poly wrap off, mm-hmm. but make sure you protect it again when you uh, bring it outside to its final destination. Day.
0: Yeah, neat thing about these plants is if you take care of them, they'll last much longer than Christmas.
1: Oh, they will. Yeah. I mean, the po- poinsettia you can uh, you can and you can easily take them outside during the growing season. Once wow. again, they're fro- frost sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can grow them out, you can prune them back, and you'll find that they, uh, even in our relatively short summer, they grow very vigorously. Uh, if you're going to bring them outside, say so you set them out June 5th or something like that, make sure that you uh, you provide the moisture that you need. A lot of the commercially grown particularly at least less expensive, come in smaller containers. Uh, these are peat mixes. They dry out very quickly. Wow. So you're going to have to be conscious of uh, making sure they get water. They drain pretty well. That's another point I want to make on all these holiday plants. Oftentimes they come in a foil wrap, very colorful. Right. But um, you've got to have drainage holes in the bottom, and there can be drainage holes in the pot, and typically now those mm-hmm. are going to be plastic pots for All kinds of reasons, less expensive, less weight to ship. So they're typically plastic. They should have holes in the bottom, grain holes, but oftentimes they'll wrap these colorful aluminum foil wraps around the pot. Make sure you puncture those so that that water, as you're watering, drains all the way through, just so we don't get a soggy root system. Same thing, you're going to put them out in June. You want to make sure that you've got and initially don't put them out in direct sunlight. They're going to take a lot of sun, but all these house plants are acclimated to low light conditions in the house. And then you want to put them out protected from the wind and protected from the bright sun. And then poinsettias, you can gradually move out into the full sun where they will thrive. And there you want a little more fertility at that point. You want a little bit more water, be conscious of that, and you want a big bushy green plant. Then you want to turn these green leaves or bracts, modified leaves, and you want them to change color, and that's where when we come into the fall and the threat of the frost is out there, we want to make sure we bring them in, and then they've got to be exposed only to natural daylight or uh, the amount of time when the sun is up, so you got to have complete darkness at night. That's the challenge uh. of bringing, them, bringing the color back into those leaves. So that's going to mean um, uh, uh, an opaque, dark, black, Garbage bag over the top that has to go on when the sun sets and has to come off when the uh, sun rises, so it gets light during the day or a dark bedroom or a dark closet. But they really don't take any artificial light. Artificial light uh, stops that coloration process that goes on, so you have to be extremely cautious and careful of that. But you can get poinsettias to grow for years. You can bring them back into color. And I think that's where people have the biggest challenge. Great. They can get them grow outside, but get them to color up again in the fall. But you're right, Dave, and they're just fun. Uh, we've grown them for several years, and <laughs> we always kind of keep them, but always buy the new ones as yeah. well because they're nice and compact, and uh, and they're not that
0: expensive. Too. All right, we'll take another break and be right back. The Bob Olin Show here on KDAL. It is the Bob Olin Show every Tuesday at uh, the 9 o'clock hour here on KDAL. Bob, if you're a gardener, we uh, what do you get them for Christmas? I bet there's all kinds of yeah, options.
1: There. there are certainly all kinds of options out there, and uh, we're talking about the living gifts, uh, mm-hmm. don't overlook those. Uh, you know, we can uh, we'll touch on a couple of these others that are my favorites, amaryllis, and and some of the ah, holiday right. kind. Of day. But oh, they're tremendous! So many of these things, so. And, you know, the other thing that, that I've done is you talk about some of the lesser expensive gifts, buying them and giving them to people that don't expect it. Uh, there are a lot of folks that have struggled, particularly coming out of the pandemic. You've got neighbors, you got elderly folks that aren't getting out. The light is low. You'd be surprised what uh, you buy a <laughs> relatively inexpensive gift and how much joy that can bring to people. But in your own family, uh, you've got some things to think about there. You've got, or maybe even for yourself, I know that during yeah. the holiday season, uh, maybe you're out, buying gifts for a lot of other folks, and uh, maybe there's something that you really need or really want. But, I've, you know, I've got a few favorite things. I think for the holidays, something that's really meaningful, quality, garden tool wow. and uh, i happen to have uh, one of my grandfather's potato forks which i still use and sometimes it gets a little wet and it's going to pieces a little bit it's <laughs> almost something i want to hang up on the wall but it brings back uh, so many great memories of digging potatoes with my grandfather and of course it was all done by hand back in those days it was a quality tool you know we used to make things uh A little bit heavier steel, a little better wood, a little better quality. So this is, I don't know, 50, 80, 100 years old and and still doing, still performing, but more than anything brings back some good memories. But it it really is a quality tool. So uh, that can be very meaningful, and there are a lot of uh, specialty tools available on the Internet, of course. But even if you're shopping locally, you're shopping at a big box outlet, and uh, there's a difference in the – quality of tools. It's a holidays. You want a nice gift and you'll buy something that's very, very sturdy. Uh, even things like certain types, especially shovels, spades that have a flat edge across, things that people may not have. I would stay with the wood handles. Uh, There's so many plastic handles out there, <laughs> composites and uh, I've gone through so many of those. I either drive over them with the truck or something and they break down on me, so I'm just uh, I'm a big fan of the real a good quality hardwood, good quality steel, and you can certainly see the difference. Pruning shears—I mean, wow. I've got—I've uh, got a pair of uh, Felcos. We'll give you a name brand out there. They're made in Switzerland, and uh, they're not inexpensive. They're probably going to run you about fifty dollars for the pruning shears, but uh, they, they'll last a lifetime. They got replaceable blades, and uh, it's almost a joy. These are. What we call um, uh, bypass shears, where they they actually slice it off rather than a, an anvil shear. So, a good quality pruning shear uh, is something that people will have for certainly for a lifetime. And uh, you might uh, you don't have to tell the price, but you might just indicate that uh, <laughs> this is something that you want to take care of, and you can replace the blades. And uh think of it as a gift that will last a lifetime. And many of these things uh, certainly will. But there's so many other hard goods that you can think about. Uh, baskets for for collecting uh, produce and fruit is, is valuable. There are a number of, uh, for people that are getting a little older, there are a number of uh, d- devices you can sit on when you're out there weeding and so forth. Some of these are wheeled, and you can find wow. any number of these types of things that are, are certainly available. I think that uh, gift certificates are really nice greenhouses that will provide those. So bedding plants uh, in the spring of the year, uh, you get a nice gift certificate for someone from a local greenhouse and uh, that's something that uh, they will always value and always appreciate. So Dave, there are all kinds of options that are available and these are gifts that are going to keep on giving as um, we take a look at a quality tool, they might keep on giving for generations. And uh, I've also seen uh, people that have had those inscribed uh, "Christmas of such and such a year" or mm. from your your favorite grandson, grandchild, and so they've uh, actually taken uh, these uh, wood burning tools and had them inscribed on the handle. Something that you could do yourself, certainly. So uh, they can be uh, very useful, very, uh, very uh, long lived and intergenerational. Really nice, nice gifts that people will. Last, and we'll keep on giving for a very long time. We
0: got to head to the phones, and we got a question here. Hi, who's this?
1: Hello. Hi. Go ahead.
2: My name is is Patty, and I'm from Port Wayne, Wisconsin.
1: Okay. Oh, great. Tell us about the weather over there.
2: (laughs) It's uh, uh, just started snowing. It's very light.
1: Very light. Nothing too severe yet. No. Uh. One of my favorite communities, by the way.
2: Pardon me?
1: You live in one of my favorite communities.
2: Oh, very nice.
1: Yours too, obviously. Yes, you had a question today.
2: Yeah, we usually prune our grapevines in March, but we're so tempted right now because they look so dead. Uh, Is Is it okay?
1: I missed part of that just for the communication, but you were talking about pruning up your grapevines. Is that correct? I I would uh, I would uh, lean toward pruning toward the again toward the late winter or early spring on those. Did you you said they're they're dead or dying? Is that part of the problem?
2: They look like it, but I should have cut off a branch to see if it's greenish in the middle.
1: That's it exactly. And so much of the time, and uh, some of these will regrow, of course. Uh, do you happen to know the uh, these? I'm assuming are not a wine grape. These would be more of a juice grape, uh, like a, yeah. a beta, a beta or a valiant. One of those uh, varieties.
2: One of one and I don't remember the name of a, another, but okay. we use them for jams and jellies. Not yeah.
1: Grape grape. And I'll bet uh, that they're very productive. Um, I would probably not be overly concerned. You know, we had enough moisture during the year. There's, there's going to be a lot of that's going to die back, and they, they'll take a pretty heavy pruning, pruning in the spring. So, uh, yeah, what's, what's dead? I'm assuming when you work your way down that stem that you'll find some green tissue on the inside, and you're going to, be, you're going to be okay. Uh, these are native uh, varieties or crosses with our native uh, river grapes, and uh, they're. They're, we've had some insect problems, but they're they're really not particularly disease prone. We always have some fungal disease, but I wouldn't I'd be very surprised if you lost those. I think they're probably alive and they've just uh, they've just died back from your know, part of the Natch process we're going through here.
2: One year we did have fungal, and they were all white on the outside.
1: Yeah, that can. They are vulnerable to fungi, uh, fungus of of one type or another, and we'll get some mummy berry, and we'll get some uh, some other types of uh, fungal disease. So that's something with our humidity we really can't avoid. We're always going to get some of that, and uh, sometimes you got to go to.
2: We let them go that year, and they came back. We didn't
1: destroy the the vines. No i i think they're they're pretty uh, really pretty good and hardy if the site's good we've got good drainage i think you're going to be just fine along the lake there you probably get a nice uh, nice long growing season and uh they're among my favorites i love the, i love uh, the valiants. they're very vigorous and uh, make a very very nice uh grape juice as well as the jellies they're, they're, they're really very very nice plants for us and they don't take a lot of care prune them back pretty hard but i i wouldn't do it now uh we, okay,
0: that was my question. Yeah, wait till no, late
1: would, winter, early wait. spring.
0: Huh? And You're then right, I that's... got to
2: walk up there in two feet of snow
1: in March. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, there's some of that always. But uh, you can actually go a little later. That. Let some of that snow melt down, and they're, they're going to be fine because they, they jump out a little later in the season. They, anyway, right. so you'll be
0: okay. Yeah, thanks for the call, and we'll be right back. More of the Bob Olin Show. All right, we're back. Final portion of the Bob Olin show here this morning. Uh, Bob, you can always can't go wrong for a gift for gardening with those wide brimmed hats for working out in the sun.
1: Oh, is that a great <laughs> idea? You know, that's why. Maybe a had, good pair of gloves too. It. Yeah. Yeah, good good gloves. Um yeah, as we all get a little <laughs> older, I always used to say who needs gloves? Now I'm putting oh, yeah. them on all the time. Makes life a whole lot easier. And uh, knee pads. And I, <laughs> yes, yes. We need that. Uh the wide rim hat, though, we're more and more conscious of. Uh, we got a lot yeah. of solar radiation. Uh, people want to be concerned about that. It's something you don't think about, and uh, but you can certainly, I guess, you can access just about anything any time of year if you want to go online. So there I think uh, that's certainly a, a good idea. The other thing is um, water jugs. A lot of people are carrying oh, yeah. them, particularly this new generation. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned staying hydrated. I was one that got a little on the dehydrated side a couple of times there, and it's has certain ramifications. So you, if you're going to be out there working in the hot sun on a warm day, we didn't have too many of those this year, but yeah. we, <laughs> we had a few of them. And uh, I think uh, that kind of a gift uh, for the gardener or the outdoor enthusiast is also uh, really, really nice, good good boots. There are nice boots out there as mm-hmm. well that, that are a possibility. Uh, you got to get the sizes right, but there's – there are so many uh, possibilities out there in terms of uh, garments and outerwear, as, right. as well as, uh, as you mentioned, that and hat, something that people don't think about. And
0: you can't go wrong with a gift certificate. They can pick out their own stuff.
1: That's true. There's yeah. lots and lots of options, so don't forget about your florists and don't forget mm-hmm. about your local greenhouses. They've got them available, one of our sponsors, right. I'm sure does, yeah. right there, too. So uh, I think that it's all possible. Bob, and the gardeners will really appreciate
0: it. we got to run, and we'll catch you again next week. The Bob Olin Show here on KDAL.